Hi, I'm Stathis, your host. Before we jump in this episode, let me introduce DevRelX. DevRelX is a hub for developer marketing and DevRel professionals. Stay home while DevRelX brings you rich content to boost your DevRel game. Access developer population insights, news, job openings, and more. Discover how to empower developers and grow communities at devrelx.com. Today's episode will start with a quote from our guest. If we can do that, then it's it's just it's just an open line of communication. You don't have to work up to it. You're you know you're there's a level of respect that's there and an understanding, and I think that that can get you a long way, even even when you make mistakes. Hello. Welcome to Under the Hood of Developer Marketing, our Slash Data podcast. I'm Stathis, your host. Today, I'm joined by someone who puts his energy into making sure no one takes a wrong turn, whether it's driving, walking, or just choosing where to eat. And most importantly, empowering developers to help us do so. Mike Pegg. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. Mike is one of these people that has the knowledge and experience we're looking for. In this effort, we do to help everyone understand developer marketing and uh, developer relations and become more effective in it. And uh, he's one of the reasons why we just had to have a second edition in our book. But before we jump into that, Mike, do you want to take a second to introduce yourself to our listeners? I would be glad to. Uh, thanks again. My name's Mike Pegg. Uh, I like to say when I introduce myself at Google that my username here at Google is MPEG for Mike Pegg. And I have a brother named John. And well, if he worked at Google, he'd be JPEG, but he doesn't work here. <laughs> so MPEG and JPEG. Uh, yeah, that's definitely I, something to remember. <laughs> yeah, I used to work for a compression company and the research scientists there loved the, uh, the, com- the compression humor there. But anyhow, uh, I hail from Southern Ontario, Canada, originally from Canada. And I'm married, I have three kids and I live here in Palo Alto and been working uh, here at Google for the past 13 years. So we're gonna uh, guide us through the trip leading to, how did you end up leading developer relations for Google and then Google Maps? Sure thing, yeah. I think, uh, first of all, my, the, w- the way I got here was, was really through interest and hobby, to be honest. I, I love maps, I love geography growing up. I had you know, maps on, on the wall in my bedroom at home as a kid and was interested in blogging uh, at one point and decided just to uh, take some interest and in, in real fascination that I had with uh, a product that had just been released uh, only a couple of months before uh, called Google Maps. And like the rest of the world was pretty enamored with it and kind of interested and decided, oh, maybe I'll, <clears throat> maybe I'll just start a little blog around Google Maps. And uh, started it on Blogger, called it Google Maps Mania, and wrote, wrote a little post. And then the next day, uh, started to see some things that were going on around the web with people linking to it and creating screenshots and posting, you know, photo pools in places like Flickr, and had you know some content to just you know write a post a day. And and then along came someone that decided to reverse engineer Google Maps as a developer and overlay some data on it, and that sort of really was the, the thing that took off. And that started, his name was Paul Rademacher, creating housing maps. And I wrote a post about his, his uh, mashup a uh, day after he had made it. And then someone else made another one, and then someone else made another one, and was really uh, 
you know, just really fascinated uh, again by what developers were doing with Google Maps, and so started blogging. Um, that led to an invite to Google's first developer event in 2006 called the Geo Developer Day. And as a guest speaker and just mingling with folks after, uh, spoke to somebody that was in the mobile group at Google. This is prior to Android. And he said, hey, you should give me a resume. Love to you know, see if we can get you on the team. And, and I sort of looked at him with a puzzled look and thought, oh, OK, I'm here for maps. But here's someone in another part of Google saying that I should my resume. So I did that, and I landed a role on, on his team initially. And then about a year and a half into my time at Google, talked to the Maps team who are dismayed that I was in this other part of Google. And they said, hey, come on over. Join our marketing team for, for Google Maps and the developer side of things. And that's really when I, when I on-ramped into the role I'm in now. So I started off in marketing um, for Maps only, and then took over developer marketing broadly for Google, which included um, looking after uh, and co-leading Google I.O., and then uh, decided to shift gears and come back into my product love at Google, which is Maps. And for the past about three years, I've been leading the developer relations team on the engineering side uh, on the team here. So yeah, that's in a nutshell the, the journey to today. Yeah, that sounds like, quite like a trip for a you know, map lover. Yeah, uh, I usually ask, uh, what was the one thing you, you pick up something that you picked up in your childhood and uh, you still carry to your uh, everyday work life. Should I think that this is the love for maps for you? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think one, one interesting example I give there is, you know, I used to go into tourist office wherever, you know, there's one in my town that was just sort of the local, you know, uh, travel and chamber of commerce kind of place that has all the pamphlets and brochures and I would always, you know, think that the, uh, the the local provincial roadmap was like just this amazing gem where you could just literally like lift it out of the brochure case and it was free and it was this like beautiful paper map that you didn't have to pay for. Um, <clears throat> back when, you know, roadmaps were given to people to get around before before apps like Google Maps to help you, and uh, I had that on my room at home. My mom was a really big uh, National Geographic subscriber and. Not only did we have the, the magazine subscription, but she would send away for a lot of the extras that you could buy, like the big atlas, uh, the beautiful National Geographic atlas that would just take up the entire kitchen table when you'd open it, and the, glo the globe, and just a lot of the supplemental book magazines. So that was really, you know, just this huge curiosity and, and through, you know, beautiful, rich cartography from National Geographic just got me really interested in, in getting out, really, out into the world. It wasn't in a super remote part of Canada at all, but enough where, you know, an hour away to a, a major city, uh, either direction, and um, just really was interested in going beyond that and sort of seeing the world. So that's definitely something I've carried through. There's a really cool place in one of the, the Maps buildings here at Google. There's a, there's a lot of people like me in the Maps team that are, that are just big Map, map heads, we like to call ourselves now. It's a more modern term. <laughs> and uh, uh, there's, a, there's a great book called Map Heads written by one of the Jeopardy champions. I'm not sure why I'm drawing a blank on the author's name, but Map Heads, great book. Everyone should read it. Um, but uh, anyway, th there's, a, there's a huge cab uh, file drawer, you know, like the huge steel drawers that uh, maps are kept in. And uh, there's just a, a stack of these paper maps per drawer that you can just pull out and spread out and look. Um, it's a very analog experience being at Google in the Maps group with you know exploring paper maps, but 
I feel kind of that connection back to my childhood self when I get a chance to you know, see. There's also a National Geographic bookshelf here that you can see all the yellow spines. It's, you know, it's kind of nostalgic. So I, I do feel like that's what's carried through today for me. Yeah, that's true. And um, how you say it, it kind of sounds funny, you know, being in uh, the Google Maps offices and looking at analog uh, maps, which is, yeah. uh, you know, you're in the place where traditional mapping changed, but still, you know, understand how, how you say it and uh, how love for maps being a map head since a uh, uh, young boy. It's a natural evolution to where you are now. So um, throughout, you had this journey in um, maps from analog all the way to to leading the developer relations team for uh, Google Maps. What is something you love most about your current role? Well, <clears throat> I think, first of all, I would say there's, there's a, a number of things. First off, um, getting to do something that I love every day, um, you know, parlaying the love of maps uh, and, you know, literally just, you know, I, I feel it when I walk up to the building every morning for work, you know, like just the, the things that have gone on here to change the way people um, get around and, and, and do things uh, has really changed through a lot of the um, different applications, mobile apps, top apps that have been created here. So I, I'm excited to be here and I, and I think that's a neat thing to be able to come into work and feel excited about the, just the, the sheer number of people that are using the things that you're involved in, in doing every day. Uh, I think it's really neat. So that, that for sure, I think the, just on the, the pure Google side of things, um, I think it's extremely rare to be in a situation where the quality of and caliber of people in this, in this collection, in this team, uh, to be able to work in, in, the, in that team, I feel like is just a huge privilege. I think we, we hope for environments and teams like this, I think, in, as we set out and work. And uh, I just feel really lucky and happy through the, you know, the work relationships and friendships that I've developed here over the years. And I think those two things, you know, just, just loving what I do and, um, and, and just helping people. I think it's when in a social group, when, when people might discover what, what line of work I'm in, I kind of look forward to the questions or the, oh, I've had this problem or, oh, can you help me fix this? And I don't know, it's, it just makes you feel, you know, like you, you're helping people. And I, that's something personally that's uh, kind of gratifying to me. Yeah, sounds definitely sounds like this. Then uh, the whole thing sounds like a uh, career goals for uh, many people. You know, taking the things you love and uh, helping, working to help other people enjoy the things you're producing. Uh, you said before that you came from traditional marketing. So, what has been a big challenge for you coming from traditional marketing to to developer marketing and developer relations? Yeah, I would say, um, you know. In in the 13 years I've been at Google, 10 of those years were you know working in in a developer marketing role, um, and for a portion of that too, uh, leading uh, the consumer uh, side of Google Maps marketing for a short time. I think for about two years of that time, I was looking after the the consumer side, <clears throat> and I think the just the audiences that you're that you're working with. Um, when you look between a consumer marketing or a consumer audience uh, versus a developer audience, just vastly different. And the, the channels that you'd work with to reach people and help inform them of your products and the things that, uh, that you have on offer to them are just very different. Uh, I think I, I, I sort of on-ramped into uh, developer marketing first and then 
uh, previously did some more business to business marketing in uh, in telecommunications prior to Google, and you know have sort of now spanned you know B two B or business business audience to developer and consumer marketing. And I think I think the biggest difference really is just you know I kind of joke on the developer marketing side that you know rule number one in developer marketing is that developers don't want to be marketed to. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, uh, if you can remember that and, and adapt how you approach them, then it's a whole lot better because I think it's a very attentive, a uh, little bit more concentrated audience than, than, you know, perhaps the more fickle passive consumer audience, really, when you think about the number of consumer messages that are being sent to you in a day or with your business hat on and your business persona, like you know, the selective messages that you can take ac- get access to. I think uh, on the developer side, it's, it's tougher, right? Because you have people that are very busy, um, are even more discerning and more selective about the messages that they want to um, you know, consume. And you have very little margin of error uh, you know, to get that right. And so I think you just have to frame it in a way that's um, remembering you know, how busy that, that individual is and how you really just want to communicate with them and, and talk to them and inform them and talk to them about what, why the thing that you have, whether it's a product or service, is, is useful for them and just be very articulate about it. Yeah, I totally agree there. And uh, I also come from a traditional marketing uh, role. And then, uh, this was a big challenge for me, developer marketing, yeah, especially the way you said it. Because um, first of all, uh, developers don't really want to, to be marketed to. So um, they're dismissive of any ad placements, uh, I'll put it generally, yeah. which uh, yeah, are targeted I think towards... Uh, on that point in particular, I know we've, we've over the years experimented on the developer marketing side um, you know, without naming the, the specific properties, rest assured there are places where developers are coming together and meeting. Um, you know, we would, we would have trouble sometimes spending the kind of ad money that we need to spend. You know, there are certain thresholds of spend on the consumer side of Google that you need to have in order to access uh, an agency that needs to do your external media buys. And you know, on the developer side, we can never access this coveted group because we, you know, uh, we weren't able to show that people were, uh, you know, clicking on ads and, uh, reaching those budgets that, you know, those thresholds that you needed to have. So, um, in some cases, again, more traditional channels, uh, proved out that they just weren't as useful, um, as, uh, as other, as other means. So, uh, also briefly too, on the, the word traditional, I get a little shy to say traditional marketing in the context of, of Google consumer marketing, because I do think that um, the typical consumer marketing journey here as a, as a product marketing manager responsible for uh, a Google product is very different, I think, than the journey of someone that's external to Google and the different channels that you might, um, you might make use of. Um, I think that the, the job isn't as hard honestly, uh, as it is for someone external to Google, um, because I think that we, we already have a lot of people running through the mall, if you will, and uh, you know, in the halls of, of things and looking around and checking things out. So I think that it's just a matter in the consumer side of you know, that headroom and like how much further can you take 
the thing that you're marketing uh, beyond the organic place that it's already gotten to. And I think that's a luxury, to be honest, for a lot of marketers to have that, that uh, tailwind. And then it's just a matter of how, you know, what are the creative things you're going to do to get it even further? And I oftentimes don't think that a, that a consumer marketer here sometimes is experiencing the, sometimes the pain and struggle that someone that's starting from zero has to, has to deal with. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, just, just that topic of what is traditional marketing at Google. And I don't know, it's a different, it's a definitely a different experience here. Yeah, I totally agree there. And, uh, okay. It's, uh, Google, it's deeply technical in, uh, you know, by default. Uh, but when I, you know, use, um, let's say traditional marketing, I mostly mean it in terms of uh, business to consumer in right. less, yeah. le- less technical audience. Yeah. True. Very I, true. I think yeah. Yeah, th- this is the best uh, way to, to summarize it, you know, because, uh, because exactly of what, what you just said. Right, right. I have to say I'm a big fan of Google Maps myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, to the point, I think now uh, a level five guide, local guide. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, because I like, you know, uh, exploring and um, saving people the trouble uh, that I had in the past. Yes. <laughs> so uh, would, you say, would you say you're more of a reviews person or a photos person? I can be both, but uh, mostly reviews. I like okay. to go into detail there. What was good and what wasn't. Usually when things are good, uh, okay, we have Google, people going in on Google Maps, so um, I hope my reviews help them experience them too because there are a lot of thing, good things uh, happening around. And I'll also be lying if I didn't say that at times I've been heavily dependent on Google Maps to, to short out uh, where I need to go. Plus, you know, I, I'm a motorcycle guy, so I cannot have the navigation on at all times. So I need to stop, check Google Maps, and there I go. So, yeah, as, part, as you being part of the thing, thank you, thank you for that. You're, um, you're welcome. But, <laughs> but I've been using, you know, Google Maps for quite a while now. And um, I can see how it grows and how it becomes better. And, um, in fact, you know, being with Maps for, uh, I'd say, close to a decade now, uh, because uh, I really loved the idea from the beginning. And mm-hmm. uh, I can see all the great work um, developers are putting to make it better and better uh, as time goes by. Taking this into account, why do you think it is for you uh, very important to engage developers in Google Maps? Yeah, I think, um, I think back to when I first joined uh, the marketing team at Google. The marketing team was heavily focused on uh, its number one competitor at the time, the number one sort of mapping service, which was MapQuest. And at the time, there was a strong feeling that uh, the, map, the Maps API, or the ability to build things on top of Google Maps, was, was a big differentiator. It was something that no one else uh, had on offer and was seen as, as a way for us to try and get Google Maps into the hands of, of more people which is what we were trying to do. Um, and we saw the prevalence of uh, Google Maps not just on you know, a desktop mapping service, you know, maps.google.yourcountrycodehere, um, and uh, seen as a way to, you know, try to try to put it into the hands of other, other business and developers uh, that you know, could, could make use of it around the web which is also a big goal of, of Google, right? To organize the world's information, make it universally accessible and useful. That's our, our charter from the beginning, our mission statement. And we, if you think about it, you know, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't just stop with us uh, taking a view of how this should work. We'd like to put it into the hands of everybody and see what they can do with it. 
and, and build on top of that base map and to create new experiences that we haven't even dreamed about. And I think um, I, I certainly saw that blogging about it in the, in the very early days, and you can still see it uh, every day. People take new opinionated views on things. And if you look, look carefully at some of the things that we rely on on our phones now, um, it was really born out of that. Uh, and and had, had some of these developer options not been made available and, more, and very freely open and accessible to people, full industries may not have been born. Like if you think about this ride sharing and local deliveries, you know, the, the food delivery options and the ride sharing options uh, that we have today to, to ask a car to pick us up at the location that we're standing, you know, a lot of those things weren't possible before a lot of this started to come out. And I think that we, we always saw that, that a, an individual developer and a business around that developer were really important to us and built, you know, entire engineering and product and business and sales teams around that to try to see if we could uh, ourselves build a business around it. So it's always been really from day one, you know, and, and take a look at the original Google Maps API hack, uh, which I like to call it because it wasn't yet substantiated by an API, but, you know, housingmaps.com was the first. It reverse engineered maps.google.com to, you know, get those map tiles and build it into an application. And that was a violation of, of Google's terms. But I think it was uh, telling that we decided to embrace that and, you know, again, build an entire effort around that and, and make it possible for everybody to do that. And, and hence the Maps API was born and, and Google Maps platform. So it's, uh, it's always been very important. Yes, that's true. And uh, as I said before, you can see uh, how this has helped, you know, Google Maps progress into to something bigger, you know, even from uh, uh, if you want the accuracy of information or up to the point, as you said, um, delivery apps, uh, ride sharing apps, all of these are based on Google Maps. To, to achieve that, what are some activities you are focusing on to engage these developers? Yeah, I think if you look at the concept of developer relations at Google, um, what's interesting, you know, there's lots of developer products at Google, including, you know, the Android developer platform and, and many, many things uh, that it really did start with maps. And it started with this concept of thing, tools and information and outreach to the developer community. So I think the three uh, pillars that we kind of put that into today really are our documentation. Um, that this is something that our maps documentation is still uh, one of the most popular highly trafficked doc sets, uh, you know, sets of documentation on developers.google.com uh, to this day, place a lot of focus on that. We want our, our documentation to be clear, easy to follow, and, you know, really uh, help, help developers. So documentation is a huge activity that we focus on. Uh, and, you know, supplementary guides and extra things to help people get the most out of it. And, you know, and looking at places like YouTube, video, you know, short, short videos, things to, you know, in a development environment, open up a video and have, you know, have your, your development environment there and to kind of look at new things you can do and, and, and just lots of different ways to follow along. I think Stack Overflow, obviously a big place where we go and try to help answer questions along with the community. And I think events are always a big thing for us as well. Um, we've got our first party events like Google I.O., but then we try to, um, just try to meet developers where they are, um, hold regional versions of those events, 
in in different regions around the world, speak at other events, uh, just really try to uh, nurture and foster that really vibrant geo developer community that that that's been been with us since the beginning. Um, understand what their challenges are and and just try to. Uh, come up with uh, lots of different programs and activities to to reach them and help them understand what they need. I've heard it a lot of times, especially in the podcast, that documentation always comes first. What are some other key elements that um, companies or um, you know developer marketers must consider uh, in their efforts to engage developers? Yeah, I think um, to engage developers, I think the, the the big thing to remember is that you and your team as a developer product or services provider, you know, you really spend all day focused on your thing. And I think the important um, reminder here is that just that developers don't. <laughs> and as much as you want them to think about your, your product or your service all day, you know, they're, they're trying their best to get in and to use whatever it is you're offering and to get out and move to the next thing. And to remember that that their sole focus is on the total sum of all the, all the parts um, and what they're building. And so I think it's important when you're engaging them to remember that, that their day is very, is very chaotic. Uh, there's lots of competing interests and you know, there's where a developer wants to get to and there's all the things that's, that you know, is preventing her or him from getting there in a day. And I think if you can remember that, and, and, you know, think, how, how can I make uh, this person's life easier uh, with, with, my, with my tool or my service or product? Um, I think you'll get, you'll get, you'll get further along. If, if you have an expectation that this is the only thing that they're doing and that your tool is, is their life, then that can probably result in them overlooking and moving on to the next thing. So I think it's just really understanding what, what a developer's life is like in a day and trying your best to, to meet that. Um, so. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense actually, because you're, uh, as you said, it's, you're focusing, uh, you're spending all day focusing on your product, but developers spend all, all day focusing on the things uh, they're doing with what they have in hand. So in fact, I'd say you really need to, to give them the actual benefit and how using what you have will make their lives easier. Exactly. So for you, during your time in um, Google Maps, what has been the biggest challenge in getting developers to engage with Maps? I think the biggest challenge that I've, I've felt is that uh, I think, you know, I'll take it from our team first, because I think in order to, to get developers to engage with you, you know, you have to present a very authentic and genuine uh, look to them. And in, in everything that you're doing, in your communications to them, in your product offering, and all the elements of that. And I think the challenge that I felt the most is just newcomers to our team. I think that the biggest um, priority that I have is to help everybody on the Google Maps platform team just try to get to a point where we can empathize as much as possible with, uh, with our developers and to um, as much as possible become a developer ourselves, And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. I'm currently, you know, this is a, an internal project of mine, but I'm trying to help everybody in our team, uh, be it uh, a sales team that, you know, a person may not identify as being someone technical or writing code, 
uh, down to uh, our, even our engineering teams in, in some cases too, uh, product managers, uh, everybody uh, to, to use our tools and to put a pin on a map and style a map and uh, try to build an Android app with, with maps or location as a component of that. Um, and just you know, try to empathize and just get on the doorstep of what it's like to be a developer first. Um, because I think that um, I think the challenges that we're always going to face is not, you know, not thinking in the shoes of, of a developer and to anticipate you know, what changes we might make or uh, new product introductions we might make uh, you know, to, to get to that point, right? Where we can um, just you know, have a very open line of communication with them. And I think to do that, we have to meet them on their terms and, and really understand what it is they're doing uh, as, as developers ourselves. So um, I think if we, if we can do that, then it's, it's, just, it's just an open line of communication. You don't have to work up to it. You're, you know, you're, there's a level of respect that's there and an understanding. And I think that, that can get you a long way, even, even when you make mistakes. I think as a business, everybody is trying to do the right thing. And I think it's sometimes difficult to do the right thing. And so uh, I think if you have that, um, that level of respect with your developer community, there's, there sometimes can be some patience with, uh, with what you're doing and, and to bring them along too, to in include them, hear their feedback, show that you're listening, deliver on, on answers that you're, you're trying to come up with to give to them. And I think you're, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of practical common sense at the end of the day, it's how would you want to be treated? So I think that's the, that's the biggest challenge, I think, especially when you start to grow a developer community or ecosystem uh, as large as the one that we've, that we've been trying to maintain, right? And, and try our best to make all, uh, all groups within that community happy. I think that's probably the, the biggest challenge. Yeah, that's true. And uh, empathy should be, as you said, at the base of it, actually, because if your goal is to try and help developers, you need first to, to understand them. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and I, even if someone says that they're, they're not technical, they don't write code, there are enough samples and, and examples uh, that you can cut and paste and pull together and, and through trial and error, I think it's probably one of the most gratifying experiences to um, to put a pin on a map, <laughs> uh, especially uh, using them so much. I think it's quite uh, magical and gratifying when you get a chance to do that yourself. And so, yeah, I just, I think everyone should, should be able to do this. I think it should be a, almost like basic web page construction, you know, or, or building. So. Yes, yes, that's definitely true. Uh, in our second edition of the book, our developer marketing relations essential guide you wrote a chapter on working with agencies when i read it i loved it because it's uh, much more than simply tips on uh, how to collaborate with uh, an external team uh, the agency in this case and mm -hmm. i strongly encourage our listeners to do so uh, because there's gold when you really read between the lines of the chapter if you won't end up working with agencies uh, i like how uh, the way you write and structure the chapter it, it highlights some very key points with how on how you can prioritize the right tasks and uh, in fact do your best work in developer marketing so um how can working with an agency help you engage developers in something that you you your team um, can do or how does it help your team do better yeah i think it's um a little bit back to the point about about developers not necessarily thinking 
all day about what it is you're offering them. What's, what's great about an agency is that they do. <laughs> if you can choose the right agency, you know, their, their task and goal is to obsess about the thing that you've asked them uh, to do. And I think oftentimes in a, in a big company and sometimes a small, depending on all the things you have to do in a day, uh, getting to that you know, good quality and obviously, depending on what you were going to engage them on, you know, you can really get to a, 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 a much better place than if you try to squeeze in the, you know, the creative work to get to that good place uh, internally. So if you're fortunate enough to have the, the budget and the, the money to sort of go out and engage with them, I think that it's a good investment. You can get to a very good place because the, the team of people that you will contract with and partner with uh, can help you get to a really great place, uh, you know, with with that good brief and and all those good things that go along with, uh, you know, agency selection. It, it's it's you know, just that focus that I oftentimes don't think we have a have time to do in, in our in our day to day. We need to carve out time for um, that. You know, the, this is a, a team that's you know usually primed and ready to get to that point for you. Um, and so I, I do think you you end up in a much better place working and partnering with, with an agency to get there. And um, if you're able to, to work with an agency to, to do, as you just said, uh, what are some uh, points that you should take into consideration? Yeah, I think in, in the chapter, I tried not to wade into the, you know, the more generic aspects of, of choosing an agency. I think if you run, uh, run a Google search on that term, you, you know, you'll, you'll be provided with lots of tips. Um, but I think on, if you think about audience for a minute, again, back to our discussion about, you know, consumer audience and even a traditional business to business or B2B audience, developers are totally different. Um, and so I think to, again, to reach them, you need to work with the team that's, that's thinking the same way, you know, you and your product management and engineering teams are to build for them. Are they, uh, you know, it's a very unique audience is the team that you're contracting with. Are they developers too? And that's extremely rare, like to find a, you know, I, I guess I'm talking in the, when I say agency in this case, because that can, it can mean a lot of different things. Um, in this case, I'm talking specifically about a, a digital and, you know, if they have analog outputs, that's fine too, but digital creative agency, I think, you know, ideally they're a team of developers themselves. When we contracted with a great agency in Portland called Instrument for Google I.O., uh, they stayed with us for many years uh, because they had an in-house development team that were super excited <laughs> to work on the project because they were developers of the things that IO was presenting to the entire developer community. They felt like they were almost getting backstage passes to you know a, a you know a band they love sort of thing to work on it and to have an impact in their own in their own developer community. So definitely you know them being developers first, uh, having maybe not even at the technical level, but at the, at the design and copy editing sort of level and, and writing level, just are they true to the audience? Do they know the audience? Do they know how to communicate with the audience? And, you know, if it's their first time, I, I'd be a little bit more weary, but if there's someone that has experience on, you know, successful developer marketing projects, um, then I think I would trend toward someone like that more so than someone that does mostly consumer business to business and is just you know trying to think about uh, uh this new audience for the first time so you know really are they developers do they have that experience and are they are they 
versed in communicating with that audience. And sure, do you want someone who, who understands what you do or even better likes it? And then, uh, you know, want someone who understands how the audience you're targeting thinks or uh, it's close to it. Yes, ideally. absolutely. This should be, uh, I'd say, the two uh, first points to look out, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're someone that just really obsesses and thinks about this. And is it just um, trying to win business, right? Uh, that, that cares a lot about it. Yeah, it's true. And uh, taking it now the other way around, what's the best way to prepare your team to work with an agency? Because an agency is someone, someone external, but with whom you're working with for your goals. Yeah. I so think, how do you set the ground for everything yeah. to work smoothly? Absolutely. I think, first of all, that, that brief process is really important. I think whatever... Uh, creative brief you've, you've worked on and, and what you've set this team of people to task to work on, uh, I just really, the advice I give a lot of teams that I've managed when working with an agency is just to let them do their work. It's the adage of, you know, we all, we don't want to be mark, uh, micromanaged by whoever it is, is our, is our uh, direct manager. Uh, we want space to do our work and to, and to produce the best work. And I think specifically with creative people, it's worthwhile to have some patience and let that creative team reach a, reach a point where they can deliver what it is you've asked them to do. And I think the, the word pers- uh, to not be prescriptive is, is a line I've said a lot, where when you're getting you know, that, first, that first review of things, not to get too worried, like not to feel like that is the final deliverable, um, but to give, give feedback uh, and not to give too prescriptive not, not for that feedback to be too prescriptive, um, to generally talk about how you're feeling about it um, and, and your own goals again, but let them hear that, take that back and, and iterate on it. And I will guarantee you that the second and sometimes third or fourth or fifth uh, reviews can, <laughs> like, can, can produce the work you're looking for. But you have to have the patience and the stamina you know, to sort of go on that marathon to get to the end. It's not instant. It's not perfect. It, you know, anything that you might ask for is never going to be perfect on the first, on the first response. And so just to have that experience and keep, keep your eye on the, on the horizon a little bit more than just what's right in front of you. So, yeah, that's great. And, um, it's been great talking to you today, Mike, uh, about engaging developers and, uh, working with agencies and, um, for our listeners, I strongly suggest you get your copy of Developer Marketing and Relations, The Essential Guide, uh, which now has a second richer edition, thanks to, to great people like Mike Pegg, who joined us today. Uh, it's available on Amazon, and uh, also all profits from book sales are donated to worthy code organizations like Code.org, Coder Dojo, and Girls Who Code. Mike, before we close, if uh, some of our listeners want more information from you, how can they reach you? Oh, sure. Uh, well, back to the intro that I gave. It's easy to remember. It's twitter.com slash mpeg. It's M-P-E-G-G. Uh, and I, I end up sharing lots of fun map stuff on there, developer and, and otherwise. So yeah, It's been great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, I will also just add, too, that it's been great to be a part of the community of authors um, that, that, that has written that book. Um, each chapter is someone different from, in, from some other corner of the industry. And um, I've just enjoyed reading the chapters of some of my colleagues and uh, getting to know some of those people, too. So it's been, it's been great.
Perfect. So thank you for joining us uh, and our listeners. Thank you for listening to Under the Hood of Developer Marketing, the podcast devoted to developer marketing and relations. If you want to listen to other episodes, you can subscribe at developermarketingpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at slash data HQ for regular updates. Thank you.